0: MX Network Production.
1: This is the Fly Moto Sixty Show on pulpmx.com, taking your calls and looking ahead to the races with your host, Steve Mathis.
2: Yeah, welcome to the Fly Sixty Fly Racing Moto Sixty Show. We appreciate this is one hour of motocross talk, and we are going to just look ahead to this weekend's race in Muddy Creek, Tennessee, the debut national for the guys at the Muddy Creek. It's a long-time amateur national track. It's been a, been there for a long time, and I'm looking forward to going there. Last time there was uh, 2001, but thank you, everybody. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. You can get this on iTunes under Fly Racing Moto 60 Show, or you search Steve Mathis. That's me. You can uh, get it on the app, Pulpamex app. We're working on being able to listen live on TuneIn. That should be soon, but you can listen live on the PulpMex app. And uh, without Fly Racing, this wouldn't happen. Uh, We're supported by Fly Racing, which is one of the fastest-growing MX and off-road riding apparel and hard part brands in North American market, distributed in 40-plus countries. Thank you, Fly Racing, for coming on board. We really appreciate it. Fly Racing, official gear. Troy Trichnard, Andrew Short, Adam Entenap, many, many others. Um... Don't forget, we're going to give out, courtesy of the uh, Fly Racing guys, we're going to give away a Valor neck brace this week. It's, uh, it's a really super cool Valor neck brace for the guys. It's made by Leot, uh, branded with Fly, and it's, uh, it's awesome. So we're going to give that away to the uh, best caller of the uh, show. So just uh, call in, open up the phone lines right now, 702-586-7857. Give us a call, and uh, if your call's good, if we like it, if we think it's worthwhile, we will uh, give you this neck brace, courtesy of Fly Racing. So, thanks, everybody. Jimmy Button's coming on. Uh, he's a former factory rider, obviously one of, one of some nationals. Um, he's now a super agent. He's going to come on. We're going to look ahead to uh, Muddy Creek, and we're also going to look back at what we've been seeing a little bit. Jason Thomas, maybe if we have time, will be squeezed in a little bit. Uh, taking your calls uh, um, and holding the fort down on the uh, other side of the studio, far, far away from me, is uh, none other than the Tits Legendary Tits. What's up? Hello. Fly Racing Moto 60 show. Thanks yeah, for coming by. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, nice to see you take a, your time and your lunch hour to it's, come here. It's, it's, it's do a this. sacrifice, but, you know, it's a labor of love. Right. Yeah, fantastic. All right, don't forget uh, 702-586-7857. Okay, a few things here right off the bat. Uh, looking ahead to Muddy Creek. Who's been there? Um, I've been there in 01, like I said, a long time ago. Uh, if you've been there, if you've been there lately, uh, let us know what you think. Call in and tell us what you think of the track, how it's going to be as an AMA national preview. I think it's going to be good. Dirt, I remember the dirt being awesome. That was pretty good. The, the weather's a question just because of its humidity, not because of the weather itself, the rain. It's supposed to be 85 this weekend and uh, rain on Sunday. Hopefully that doesn't come earlier. But humidity, well, we're, we're at the beginning of June, so maybe it shouldn't be too bad, but I think it'll be a little bit of an adaption for a guy like Ken Roxon who may or may not have faded last weekend with the short break. Maybe the humidity gets to him this weekend. We're going to see, it's going to be a good test. We're going to see right away off the bat. What Kenny's got for his training. Hangtown was fantastic. And Lakewood. Eh, I don't know. It was all right. I guess, uh, still three out of four motos to win the year. So, um, Cooper Webb down, uh, North Carolina kid, probably race muddy Creek a bunch. He may have an advantage this weekend. He may fly there. He's fresh off the amateur scene. And remember, uh, Muddy Creek Holtz regionals or areas for Loretta Lins. So he may be the guy, um, one of the guys this weekend with the most laps on that track. You know who's, not, you know who's got the most laps that isn't going to be there this weekend? Tits. You know who that is? Mike Brown. Mike Brown, not going to Muddy Creek. This is a damn shame. He lives five minutes from the track. He's got a Baja 500 or Baja 1000 uh, preview going on, and he's not racing. Muddy Creek, last time I spoke to Brown, he was uh, in Switzerland, in the offseason, and he was bummed then. And I imagine he's even more depressed now. Mike Brown's not going to be there. You know who else isn't going to be there, Tits? Adam Cincerillo He's not going there either. You're right. Um, probably high point. Looking like high point for him. If not, there's a break after high point. I would think for sure we will see him um, at Bud's Creek after the break. I think it's Bud's Creek. Um, Weston Pike. Weston Pike is not going to be there. Uh, ninth or 10th in the points after two races. Just doesn't have the funding to go. There was a bunch of last-minute things going on um, to get him to the races, but he's not going to be there, Weston Pike. So, yeah, that's kind of a bummer. Uh, Cole Thompson was supposed to be there, but now I get word on uh, Twitter from someone who knows him that he will be on a 450 at high point. It wasn't quite ready for this weekend. And Dean Wilson. Dean Wilson is out. uh, Tweeted earlier this week a bike problem caused him to crash. Hurt his shoulder, he'll be out for this weekend, and according to his agent who I talked to uh, this morning, they're still waiting the MRI results on how bad his shoulder is. From what I hear, the whispers are, Bean's going to be out for a little while, which is a massive blow. So Dino's not going to be there, Mike Brown's not going to be there, Weston Pike's not going to be there, Adam Cirillo's not going to be there, Cole Thompson isn't going to be there. So, kind of a bummer um when do the whispers of rv's perfect season start picking up a little steam i know it's early it's four motos but you never know riding pretty damn well uh zach osborne i've had a lot of people tell me that zach osborne could be well he just made the podium at lakewood but maybe he could be challenging for the lead at muddy creek i guess he hauls ass there it's been a while since he's raced there but um looking forward to seeing what zach osborne can do on on that topic um dustin Hey, what's going on? What's up, man? Thanks for uh, calling the Fly Racing Moto 60 show.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I just wanted to ask you what you're thinking about. I know uh, Osborne obviously did awesome last week, about a week before I tweeted in asking you about, you know, his stamina. And he had been doing the GMCCs, and he also did the JD off-road, and he'd been really working hard, putting in a lot of hours on the bike. Yep. And I was wondering, does he take over the role as Chupacabra now that back gets hurt?
2: Well, I think, first of all, it's a terrible nickname. Um,
3: I I agree. I'm not a fan of it, but I like the, uh, the idea.
2: Well, they, the, the Baggett family and Blake himself have embraced it and ran with it and God bless them, but it was a joke. You know, it was, it was a, it was a humorous, uh, reference for why get it to squeeze in the TV show. And somehow I don't know, somehow it worked, but, um, you mean as far as coming up through the pack? You mean late in the right, race? Right, right. I mean,
3: like, the last couple laps in the moto, does he start, you know, he obviously pulled Roxton last week. I think that was more due to Roxton being weak. But yeah. does he really step it up and really take over the second half of the motos?
2: I don't know, you know. I certainly, uh, talking to Mike LaRocco before the season started, he was very impressed with, with Zach and uh, loved the way he'd been riding. Um, but he uh, he also made a mention, and you know LaRocco, he's not easily pleased. Right, He made a mention, like, uh, yeah, he's in shape, too. So, if Larocco's saying that, you know. Um, I don't know. Tomac's pretty good shape. Um, you know, Marvin Muskan impressed me. I thought last year he looked at times to be a little not on par's fitness with the Barsha and the uh, Tomac and Baggots. But, uh, right. was, I mean, he got caught by Cooper Webb, but it wasn't so much because he was tired looking at his lap times. It was more like Webb was just faster. So I think Marvin's on a on a on a better level this year. I wouldn't put Zach right now above those guys in fitness, but he's mm-hmm. close, you know. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think it's I think it's uh, I think it's close. But we'll see. I mean, I've got people who are telling me he can win at Muddy Creek. Now, right. the way Tomac Tomac and Roxon and Baggett at Hangtown were were pretty far in front of him, that would be a big upset for him to win.
3: Right. But, i say Tomac and uh, Osborne go 1-2. Okay. Tomac game leader.
2: All right. I can see that. I can see that. I'm interested. You know, it's 85 uh, with some humidity, so let's see where Roxton stands uh, mm-hmm. from last year. I thought it was great at Hangtown. I thought last week maybe he hadn't cured his problem, so we'll see. So, All right, Dustin. Thanks, man. All right. Well, thanks for having me. All right. Me. Thank you. Uh, 702-586-7857. Give us a call in. Fly Racing Moto 60 show. We're going to have Jimmy Button on here right away. Um, don't forget Jimmy uh, Jimmy knows racing. Guy's been around. Um, and now he's an agent. And I think he's Blake Baggett's agent, or he was. And I think he still is. So we're going to ask him about Blake. What Blake's going to do next year. This week, heard, uh, heard Suzuki's talking to him. Factory Suzuki to be James' teammate. So, surprise, I didn't think he had to move up yet. But And why move up until you have to? Especially if you got a bad wrist and you... Didn't have a great year, Supercross. Stay down. Stay down. You can make your money. No need to move up unless you're Pingree or Sipes or Davalos. And it's clearly not working for you. Then it's time to move up if you can. That's my feelings anyways. Uh, um, Yeah, we'll see. uh, What's
1: that, tits? I'll say, you think if Davos moved up, he'd have more success?
2: Mm, Probably not, but who knows? It ain't working out in the lights class. Okay. But then again, you know, if you can make money, I guess I can't blame him, but maybe his his mentality and his riding style fit a four fifty better I don't know,, All right. but at this point, it's not really working in the lights so, fair enough yeah uh we'll see we'll see what happens uh, again if I'm in those guys' shoes, though I'm not sure if I can turn down that that money, but eventually, I think the money will stop for Sipes and Davos because eventually these kids are coming up, and they're As faster, faster. So, you know, in our sport, we're always looking for the next big thing. Not so much what you've done in the past, unfortunately. it's the way it goes. So, Cooper Webb, very impressive. Uh, Jeremy Martin, very impressive so far for the star racing guys. Um, Glad to see their rebounding a little bit. And it's going to be a a good summer to see if Webb can uh, back up that podium. He's given some points away, both motos. But at the end of the day, I don't think it really matters too much because... Whatever he's doing is great. He's not going to win. He's not going to win the title. So he's given up, I think, 16 points in two motos late in the motos. And, oh, well, whatever, whatever. He still showed speed. Still showed a ton of speed. And Jeremy Martin's been pretty good. I know people are getting on me for being critical of Jeremy Martin last year, but I didn't see much last year. His best finish was an eighth. He's now beat that, I think, in three out of the four motos this year in 2013. So, clearly, he's done some work and improved on what he was last year. And you can make a case that the class is deeper than it was last year. So, you can go either way on that. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening to the Fly Racing Moto 60 show. It's an hour long. Got Jimmy Button coming up, and we're going to talk talk a little bit more about Muddy Creek and what's going on. James Stewart this weekend. Um, actually, let's skip James Stewart. Let's, let's move on to that. I want to talk about the Racer X Chad Reed deal this week. Uh People who don't know uh Davy Coombs from Racer X, the the head honcho, um, put on Instagram that it was time for Reed to step up um at Lakewood. Or maybe it was from Hangtown, but I think it was from Lakewood, as Reed was jumping over a step up. And Chad, I understand what he was saying. Um he was not happy on Instagram and ripped into Racer X for doing that. Um and I understand where and of course his sheep fans and I and you know, a fan is short for fanatic. So I understand the. I'm not getting on fans, but any of a fan of Villapoto, Dungy, Reed, Stewart, whatever those guys say, the fans will back up. So it was clearly 80 percent negative, because Chad thought it was negative. But I really don't believe the intention was that. It was Davy Coombs himself who did that. There's no way Davy would sing. Chad's sick. We all know he's sick. He's struggling. He still doesn't know what's wrong with him. We'll ask Jimmy Button a little bit about that. There's no way Racer X is going to single out a guy that we all know is sick, that we all know is one of the very best racers in the sport. He's an he's a ambassador for the outdoors, along with Villapoto Dunjean, Stewart. Davey Combs would never do that. He would never say, it's time, hey Reed, we're going to pick on you for your poor results. Took it, really took it the wrong way. What do you guys think? 702-586-7857. Do you think Racer X was uh, wrong about that? Do you think Chad Reed was wrong about that? Or do you just uh, just think it was a misunderstanding, which is, which is all I do. I understand that Davey and Chad have talked and smoothed it over, as much as I know anyways. But uh, there was no apology from Chad Tits. He didn't apologize. Yeah, well. He was harsh. Um, but give us a call. Let us know what you think. 702-586-7857. I'm just glad, Tits, that I wasn't the one. <laughs> who said Chad needs to step it up? Um, yeah, because I do run the Twitter on uh, Saturdays for Racer X, mm-hmm. and this was Instagram, but still, I'm just glad it wasn't wasn't me, as Shaggy once said, it wasn't me. Um, Jason, what's up, man? Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. What's going on?
3: Hey, how much, Steve? Uh, Money Creek's going to be the uh, the first uh, heater of the year, correct? What's uh,
2: you know, Hangtown?
3: Hangtown uh, was hot, but not. We, they didn't have the humidity there, am I correct?
2: No, it wasn't that bad. And Lakewood, Lakewood's been a lot worse. It wasn't bad either.
3: Yeah, but Freestone used to be the kick- kicker. And yes. Tomac's rookie year, that, that seemed to end his year. Uh, it put a, a, a beating on his fitness level um, yep. right after he won Hangtown that year. Do you, are we looking at the same thing? Is this going to take place of, uh, of Freestone? As far um, as the uh, the environment stress?
2: You know what? I don't Are, know. I don't know because it's been a long time since I was at Muddy Creek. And the last time I was there, it was the fall. It wasn't hot or anything like that. And I'm not familiar with that area. Um, somebody else, well, you know.
3: I live in Johnson City uh, where Orleans. I'm about 10 miles from the track right now. And it's 87 today. I'm not sure what the humidity is. But it's. Uh, I, I definitely wouldn't want to gear up in this today. Okay.
2: All right. So it's it's going to be a factor, you think?
3: Yeah. Um, yeah, I, w- I would agree. Okay.
2: Uh, well, Tomac – Yes, struggled at Texas, as did many racers. But then also, Tomac conquered it and put in a couple of good rides in Texas. Um, but then again, the heat got to him at Lake Elsinore, where yeah, he uh, did. practically stripped off uh, all his gear while he was riding. So he says he's fixed the, he's, he's, he says he's fixed his heat problem, um, and we've seen him ride well in the humidity. And then we saw him get affected by it again. So good question. That that's a question too. Besides Roxin's fitness, can Tomac do that? In the
3: the 450 class, is it going to separate the riders even more? I mean, right now you've got three riders that are above everyone else, and and even they're separated by uh, quite a bit.
2: Yeah, I think Uh, we got Philipoto, Dungey,
3: and Stewart.
2: I think we got two riders separated, and then we have three more riders that are a tick off, and they're they're much better than everybody else. That's what I think. I think Villapoto and Dungey are as strong as ever. There's a slight gap to James Stewart, Trey Kennard, and Justin Barsha. That's that's what we're okay. seeing right now after four motos. And then I think there's a long um, there's a long gap between you know the the, the sixth place guy. So,
3: okay, as long as it doesn't spread the field out anymore, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I
2: don't know. You know what? It's it's glad you're yeah you're Johnson City, so you're right there, and um, you know it's June, so it's not that early, but you live there, so you say the humidity is going to be a factor. So now we got to add that in and see what Tomax got, you know? Um, All right. Um, thanks for the call, man. Yep, no problem. Thanks. All right, thank you. Uh, that's Jason wondering about the heat this weekend. And uh, he says he's wondering about the heat this weekend, but he's there. So Here, Here's something to think about. Yes. Uh,
1: last year at Freestone, uh, that was when Stewart went 1-1 front of Dungey, correct? Yes, yes. Yes, both motos. And it was, wasn't it after the second moto – he just Stewart just hanging out, still in his gear. Yeah. Didn't bother going stripping down. Yeah. Maybe this helps him this weekend. Going to rain maybe, yellow. Maybe it rains yellow,
2: or maybe, maybe it not. rains yellow.
1: Maybe there's a light sprinkling of yellow, but you there, know a, a, yeah. little, a little more a little, yellow. A
2: little green front still coming in. <laughs> right. No, good point. Stuart did. He went and watched Malcolm in his gear. Just hung out, boots and boots and pants on. So uh, yeah, that's a it's an interesting uh, a deal. Good 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 point, tits. Um, we'll see what happens. It's going to be interesting. So. The Instagram Chad Reed thing. Um, see what happens with that this weekend. We're stepping up though on the Fly Moto Fly Racing Moto 60 show, no doubt about it. Um, Chad, I guess he's going to race this weekend. I haven't heard one way or another. He's out of the finished all the points in three out of four motos. So I know JT, our friend JT, says he's got to be there for sponsor obligations and all that and signing autographs. But maybe he shouldn't race. Maybe you should just go there and sign and hang out if that's what his sponsors want, because what he's doing on the track is not only is it not doing not only is it not helping him on the track by not scoring any points, he's making himself sicker, no doubt, by wearing himself down with the heat and humidity. So I mean if it's me and I'm Chad Reed, maybe I don't race till I figure out what's going on. Maybe I just show up, do all my sponsor obligations, if that's what he has to do, according to the JT but do not race. That's me. I don't know. Finishing out of the points, though, isn't going to help. But uh, what do I know? Um, I don't know much, clearly, but this man does. He's a former factory Yamaha racer, factory Suzuki racer, winner of a national, um, now turned super agent to the stars, Jimmy Button. Jimmy, what's up, man?
4: What's up, Matt?
2: Thanks for coming on the Fly Racing Moto60 show.
4: No, I'm I'm truly honored to be here.
2: Something that we're trying new. Something we're something new we're trying and we're pumped with the response so far. So
4: Nice. Well um I uh, I, I, I see good things about you on Twitter.
2: Oh really? I think that's a, yeah. I think that's sarcastic. Um, no, no, oh, okay. I <laughs> like you. Uh hey, if you got a question for Jimmy Button, uh call in seven oh two five eight six seven eight five seven Jimmy we were just talking about Chad Reed, and obviously you work at the same agency that uh, represents him. You know him well. Um, he's sick. I don't know if he's figured out what's wrong, but he's not. He hasn't finished in the points three out of four motos. Now our friend, yeah. J- our friend JT, is saying, you know, he kind of has to be at the races for sponsors. But sweet Jesus, this isn't helping him. This is terrible. Yeah, I mean, I
4: and just I'll, I'll make sure I put it out there. I don't handle any of Chad's day-to-day stuff. Steve handles all that, and, right. and I'm pretty removed from what's going on with his day-to-day life and how he's feeling and his mm-hmm. the issues that he's under right now. So just make sure I clarify that and put right. that out there right now because I don't want people to think that I'm. Covering up some story, or you know, God only yeah. knows. Everyone, you know, <laughs> or everyone, everyone thinks they're a freaking spy in the, you know, behind a keyboard. So I'll just put that out there. But um, no, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's Chad or anybody. The situation he's in is is horrible. Um, I don't know what uh, I understand. He's got some sort of an illness, or some sort of uh, uh, some sort of viral, or or some sort of you know. Yeah, to of some sort. I don't know. Again, I'm not. I'm. I am not i i do not even know what it is, so I can't even speak about it. But
0: um, whoever it was,
4: whoever that would happen for. I mean, and it sounds a little bit like um, like Adam had some sort of a, a similar thing as well that uh, that kept him down. And, and I know, you know Chad does have sponsor obligations you know, to. uh to Mofi or to uh, discount tire or, or honda or shift or whoever it may be. I know he, he needs to be there in monster and whatnot, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, there's a bad situation when you're uh, a rider of his caliber that has won, you know. Yeah. I don't even know how many races he's won in podiums and championships and everything else to, to run around you know, worse than midfield is is uh is certainly not where Chad wants to be. I mean Chad the champion. I mean, he's he is pissed off when he's getting seconds and thirds. Right. I mean you know he's in that same uh deal as a Stewart or R V or you know Carmichael or McGrath or whoever it is that mm-hmm. they're the only thing they're happy with is winning. So to be running where he's at I'm sure it just uh you know it kills Chad, especially when it's something that he really can't you know, it's not like he can just twist the throttle more or, or be in better right. shape. I mean, he's got a apparently he's got some sort of a problem that is, um, you know, that's uh, keeping him down.
2: So, do you do you advise him not to race till he figures this out, or do you sympathize sympathize, sympathize with him that he has to keep racing? I mean, good God, this is you know. I, well, I, I, I
4: think if you, know, if, if you know, again, I'm I'm uh, you know I'm I'm trying to quarterback this thing with not a lot right. of knowledge and information on it, but yeah. Depending on what it was and what the situation is, I mean, if it's if it's something that going out and riding isn't going to uh, be a detriment to his health and to his ability to to get better, then there's a part of it that you kind of have to right um, for your sponsors because that's what your obligations are. I mean, um, you know, I, I doubt his obligation is that he has to go out and be a top five guy. I mean, his obligation is to be out there and put in his best efforts. So, um, just depending on the situation. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, uh, there. On one hand, it's a very easy call that you stay at home and you uh, you get yourself healed up. And on the other hand, you uh, you go ride. I mean, I mean, he's in a very unique situation. The fact that he's rider, team owner, right. team manager, team everything. And uh, there's a part of it that um, you know you got to take all those things in consideration and make your decision.
2: Yeah, it's gonna. It's uh. It's not good. No doubt about it. It's not good. No, um, no. I
4: mean, it's. Uh, I mean, we'll get real and I'll use real words. It sucks and it's shitty.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. It. It. it I, mean, I mean, a sick Chad Reed should be tenth. You know what I mean? Um, a sick Chad Reed. A really
4: sick Chad Reed should yeah. be tenth. I mean, and <laughs> right. a, a guy, a Chad Reed with the flu should still be like cracking next to the podium.
2: Right. Right. So it's tough. Yeah. You
4: know? Um. So I mean, he must. I mean, it must be something that's just completely, you know, zapping his energy a hundred percent. I mean, I uh, I wasn't up in um, Colorado, but I was at uh, Sacramento, and yeah. I didn't even I it didn't even look like him on the bike.
0: Yeah, yeah,
4: it looked like I was trying to ride a bike, or maybe <laughs> you were trying to ride a bike. It was it was just it wasn't his style. It wasn't his aggression. His speed wasn't there, so I mean, it's um, yeah, it just sucks,
2: yeah, no doubt about it.
4: Um, I mean, it sucks so it, 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 whether he's our client or not our client, it, it would suck to see anybody struggle like absolutely. that, whether it be RV or Dungie or or Billy Bob down the street. I mean, to see someone struggle that has so much more talent and potential, I mean, just you don't ever like to see that, anyways.
2: No, no doubt about it. 702 586 7857. You got a question for myself or for uh. Jimmy Button call in fly racing moto sixty show. Uh Jimmy, so far, um biggest surprise so far. R V domination four Motos. Uh Roxon winning three out of four. Um James Stewart not being on the pace. Uh we covered the Chad Reed thing, so that doesn't count. What's your biggest surprise so far?
5: Um
2: Wow. Yeah, what do you think? It's tough. Yeah. I
4: well, I mean, I can, I mean, you can you can break him down a little bit. R.V. shouldn't really surprise anybody because he's gnarly.
2: But that good? He's that good. And he's.
4: Do, do you see how many supercross races he won?
2: <laughs> yes, ten of them.
4: Have you seen how many other championships he's won that he's raced?
2: Uh, all of them. Yeah, the five. Yeah. Four. He's won.
4: He's won them all. Right. Every series, I mean, like, you know, the 450 series that he started in a couple of years ago, the first round was at Glen Helen. and yeah. He destroyed him, and yeah. then he didn't race the second round at Sacramento because of me. I mean, none of that should really be a surprise. Kenny, not much of a surprise. I mean, he dies world champion and he mm-hmm. just won a supercross title. He, um, uh, he's clearly was uh, a guy that could start up front and lead a bunch of laps last year and, and just didn't really close the deal because, you know, maybe because he didn't know the track that well or mm-hmm. just was getting used to that type of pace. Now he's got a year under his belt and a little bit more experience, so not really a big surprise there. I mean, I, I guess for me, if I'm going to throw a surprise out of the first four motos, I'd say Cooper Webb at uh, yeah. first moto at Colorado getting the third.
2: Right. That's good. You know, I
4: mean – that's you know that's i think surprising most people i mean that's pretty damn good in that class and um you know to, to kind of chase down the guys that he did and get in there right um i would put that as a surprise uh you know but then like a guy like zach osborne getting on the podium that shouldn't be a surprise no that's a guy that's, that's one gp and has been on the podium uh tons of times over there and you know I think the the American public is probably now realizing that the g p guys aren't a bunch of chumps like they used to think they were
2: mhm yeah that's, you know? yeah that's that's those days are gone um yeah, speaking of euros DeSalle, Stribos, uh last week in Lakewood this weekend yeah what do you think
4: yeah, yeah, pretty good, I mean and too, but the tough you
2: know
4: I guess that uh, I think the has raced there before yeah but but a couple times but uh hadn't right. But it's, dude, that's a unique situation, man, with that altitude and um, and everything else. I mean, the altitude thing's a little bit weird for the bike, for the rider, for all that stuff. I mean, and you got to give it to those guys to be traveling all that those guys have and then be thrown into an altitude situation like that. I think they rode pretty well.
2: Right. I think uh, they may be better this weekend. They're going to Muddy Creek. No one's ridden that track, you know, at least for as a pro. Yes, yeah, it's and, fair, right? Right.
4: No one's, got, no one's got it. No one's bringing data into that track.
2: Exactly. Exactly. You know? and, and I think we could see some better. And they're here for That's a week. Except Mike Brown. <laughs> oh, he's not racing. Can you believe it? I know. Can you believe it? I know. he'd go one one. How would he have done? How would he have done? How'd he Brownie? race? Brownie. Yeah. First moto, top five, second moto, yeah. ninth. Yeah, forty three years old or 42 or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah that, that's, and that that's would, a really like, shame. clearly
4: put him into, like, full boss legend status.
2: <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> Have you been to Muddy Creek? Have you raced Muddy Creek?
4: Dude, never. I've only seen okay. pictures of it, seen, you know, videos from amateur racing. Okay. heard tons of stories over the years, you know.
0: Right.
4: Um, but, I mean, I, I think it's, a you know, from what I've seen and heard and everything else I hear, and the place is just super awesome and yeah it's good good, good people should be a uh, pretty good turnout which, uh which will be good you know new national lots of uh, lots of spectators that'll be cool
2: yeah the spectators uh, ticket sales apparently supposedly through the roof so um yeah. yeah i think i think the euros will be better this weekend they've been here all week now and no one's been the muddy creek like you said no data and limited amount of time to learn the track but everyone's got a limited amount of time to learn the track so um you know, um, I think it, I think we could see better things from uh, DeSalle and Stribos and this weekend, although I don't know if they have anything for.
4: You know, the one, I, I would say, the one caveat to that that, uh, that those guys have against them mm-hmm. is, is the fact that when, and you know, you've been to a GP just like I have, is that, you know, at a Grand Prix on Saturday, man, you get a lot of track time. You get a lot of time to, like, go mm-hmm. do a lap, come into talk to your mechanic, go back out, do another couple laps, make an adjustment. You have a lot of time.
2: I think you have an hour and 40 minutes before the races start on the track. Right,
4: at a Grand Prix. And you have, uh, what, 14, 15 seconds at a national?
2: (laughs) You You have the first five minutes are untimed, and after that it is balls out.
4: Yes. Right. And right. so so I think that's one thing that those guys have a little bit, and I think that's one thing that maybe Kenny and uh, and Marvin to some extent maybe struggled with a little bit in the last couple of years mm-hmm. is that there's not a lot of time to really get used to the tracks, and especially uh, a fresh track where there's no lines. You're having to put lines in it, and basically to get a good lap time, you you can only stick to one line. You can't really you know, mm-hmm. uh, go exploring the other lines because you got to put in a lap or you're screwed. Yeah. So I think that that's still one thing that maybe the American guys will have a little bit of of an advantage on those guys over the weekend, but in general, I don't think that will matter too much once the races start.
2: Yeah, and um, also, too, the first practices are almost, for 90% of the guys, the first practices are the ones that get you your gate pick, the ones that qualify you because of the track getting rougher and changing for the second practice. So first practice, it's all's out. It's all balls out after five minutes, you know? Um, sure. Let's take a call. Jimmy Buttons on here on the Fly Racing Moto 60 show. Kenneth, what's going on, man? Thank you for listening.
5: Hey, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, I had a question. I always wondered um,
3: why teams don't go to national tracks like during the week in practice uh, if they're open to the public.
2: Well, uh, I think first it's illegal. It's against the rules to do it uh, 72 hours or something.
3: before. Yeah, I think or,
4: it's 72 hours.
2: 72 hours before the race. Second of all, The expenses of, you know, getting the truck there, getting the team there, um, putting everybody up, um, you know, all that stuff. I know, like at Yamaha when I was there, we tested at Hangtown, and this is something I think, Kenneth, that people don't realize. When you go to Hangtown on a Wednesday, a month before the race, it's nothing like the racetrack. It's hard well, none of
4: the tracks right none right. of the tracks are nothing like they are race weekend, you know, and I think you'll you would understand that as a as a spectator going to your local track that happens to hold the national as well that the track is a is a, a a massive change from the local races, whether it's the obstacles, the preparation of the dirt, whatever it may be compared to uh to race weekend. And sometimes, you know, I, I know that, you know, back in the day we had, you know, uh ridden on some tracks the weekend before the race or whatever, if we had a, a off weekend, you know, uh for me, especially when I was a rookie, you know, and you go do that you think you have the track dialed in, and then you show up at the race weekend, the track's completely different, it's run a little bit different, the obstacles are yeah. different, the dirt's been prepared a hundred percent different and you know, and then you find yourself a little bit chasing your tail because you've then set your bike up for a, a track that you think is going to be one way, and then you show up on a race weekend, it's another way. So, you know, there's a, there's a little bit of it that I, I don't really think it ever really gives you an advantage. Maybe to get acclimated to some weather or something like that. But I mean, all these guys are professionals at this point, and, and uh, they should be able to adapt to things pretty quickly.
2: Yeah, there you go, Kenneth. Um, tracks are so different. That's really the the big thing, too. Yep. All right. Thank Hey, you. hey do you uh, do you ride, Kenneth?
3: Uh, no, I don't.
2: Okay. Right awesome. a
3: street bike
2: does that count? No, no, it doesn't. You're out. <laughs> Thanks. <See> ya. <laughs> right. Um Going to give Kenneth a br- neck brace, but good thing I asked if he re- so close. Good thing I so asked to be- if he rode first. Uh, Jimmy, do you still uh, work for Blake Baggett? Still represent Blake Baggett? Yeah, why? What's up? Uh, just wondering. What do you think so far? Uh, Lakewood, uh, Hangtown. I thought he was great. Lakewood, mm, not so great. Uh, how's the wrist? Uh, he, you know, afterwards he didn't make any excuses. He didn't blame it on that, uh, but what do you? What's your take on Blake Baggett's season so far?
4: Yeah, it's tough, man. Right? I mean, you know, if you, if you kind of look at the look at the box score for him over the last twelve months, I mean, he really hasn't, uh, you know, until Sacramento, he hadn't raced until. Um, uh, I mean, he hadn't raced since the second moto of the Nations. Yeah you know, when it comes down to it, I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, he, he got hurt in the first corner at uh, okay. at Anaheim 1, he he rode out the rest of the laps, but,
0: yeah.
4: you know, for all intents and purposes, he hadn't, he hadn't raced, I mean, that's you know, that's a long period of time with no racing under your belt, and then to also have uh, two separate wrist injuries, one left wrist, one right wrist, mm-hmm. over the course of that same period of time, um, it's tough, I mean, I would say that, you know, given all those situations, I think he's... I think he did a hell of a job at Sacramento, and and you know, from the looks of things, you know, he couldn't find uh, he couldn't find a lot of bojo at um, uh, you know at at, uh, at Colorado, yeah. and I, I think you know I wasn't again I wasn't there, but in in watching all the videos and uh, seeing it on TV, I mean that track looked brutal. Yeah, it was. Um, and to have a track with uh, the type of elevation changes that that thing does. And, you know, coming down into those corners with all the braking bumps and everything else with a with a bad wrist and one that doesn't move like it should. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can't imagine how difficult it must be for him to actually have any control of the bike and to be able to, to attack the way that Blake does, man. I, I don't think that uh, anybody will deny that from a just pure attacking standpoint that there's not many guys that can go out there and, and do what he does. And, uh, you know, it's it's you know i'd say it's kind of sad in a way because i i think that the speed that he showed at sacrum sacrum um if he was 100 you know and and this is nothing against kenny or or mm-hmm. against eli but if blake would have been 100 dude he would have walked away with that right mm-hmm.
2: so you like, just you just expect him to get better he's just gonna yeah, get but, better
4: you know it, it's again i mean his his wrist is messed up that's that's pretty clear and you know it's going to need some time to get to 100% which you know times uh times the devil, you know in yeah, yeah. racing
0: right, you know right. cuz you don't
4: have a lot of time to do anything so yep. it's um it's a tough deal i mean it's you know he's he's a ch- he's a, he's a championship guy and he's going to uh, he's going to give it everything he's got you know and uh i'm sure that we'll start to see more flashes of him whatever you yep. know and i hope that you know he can get some more movement in that wrist, where he can go ride the bike like what he's capable of. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, I mean, it's not to the degree of the situation with Chad, but it, um, you know, just him not be able to ride the bike like we're used to seeing him ride. Yeah, it it, it sucks for the fans too. You know, not not only does yeah. it suck for Blake because he wants to be out there winning races and everything like that, but um, you know, it's it's just you know it's tough, man. Right, this this sport all these sports that, uh, you know, certainly the all involved in. I mean, injury is a part of it. It's unfortunate. Yep. And, um, you know, it's unfortunately sometimes the way that goes.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, well, uh, I'm taking it that. You know, by what you're saying, reading between the lines a little bit, his wrist is still a problem, and it will get better, and hopefully, yeah. I mean, we'll yeah,
4: right, I right. he's you know, he had to have a couple operations on the thing, and hey, he's wearing wrist braces. And, and props you know, to that's... him,
2: though. Props to him. He, he uh, Wygant said, "Hey, is your wrist a problem?" No, nope. no. Nope. He's like, I, I, got no excuses. You know what I mean? A lot of guys would take it; they'd lean on that wrist. You know, but Yeah. Um, championship guys don't, though. Right, you know, they, right. they take it on the
4: chin and, and man up and go, go do their job.
2: Um, hey, I heard from a really good source. You guys, uh, Suzuki, factory Yoshima Suzuki, one of the guys sniffing around Blake Baggett for next year for a 450 ride. Um, and, of course, as you're an agent, you know, I'm sure you have a lot of uh, lines out there casting a wide net to see what Blake's going to go. But I, can you tell us, is the plan to go 450s next year? Because I don't believe he has to. But is that the plan? Is that what you guys want to do?
4: Yeah, I mean, I'm going to say no comment on that. I mean, he right, is whites eligible, so uh, I'll just say no comment on that. And yeah. Check, Mark, move to the next question.
2: Okay. So the plan isn't, the plan is to just, well, can you tell us where he wants to ride or no?
4: I just say no comment on the whole thing. Okay. Um, There's a lot of stuff we can talk about
2: uh we got phone calls for you let's go jared what's up man you got a question for the great washougal winning national jimmy button
5: yeah well i kind of just got all right i just wanted to get your guys opinion on it um i wanted to know do you guys think that rv can keep up this domination like you guys i believe we made a comment yesterday that when he has to go to that next level he goes to that next level but do you think he can do that the whole entire season, mistake-free, without, like, because we've already seen him make a couple mistakes um, here and there. He jumped off the track at Lakewood. Do you think that when he has to do that, it might bite him, or do you think that he could do that the whole entire season?
2: What do you think, Jimmy? Well,
5: is,
4: is the question, Is I'm going to read between the lines here, is the
5: question that you really have, is he going to go 24-0? I personally don't think he will. I I think he's going to win this year. I think he's going to win the championship, but I don't I don't see him going twenty four zero.
4: Well, here's here's my opinion on it. I don't think anybody can go twenty four and zero. Even anybody ever until they actually do it at the <laughs> last round at Elsinore. I I don't think anybody can do it. Even when James was doing it, even when Ricky was doing it, you got to figure that at some point you're going to get a bad start. You're going to maybe get caught up with somebody, and the guy that's the second-best rider on the series is going to get the whole shot, and he's going to sprint away, and at the very end, you're not going to be able to catch him. And I would say the same thing with RV. Do I think he's going to be able to to continue to ride the pace he's riding and, and twist the throttle the way that he twists it? Absolutely. I, don't, I wouldn't expect otherwise. But to see him go 24-0, I'll start to believe it when he's 23-0 going into the second moto at Elsinore because, I mean, it's such an anomaly for someone to be able to pull something like that off. And win that many races with so many variables, whether that be the dirt, the weather, your bike, other riders around you, passing lappers or anything else, so many things that go into having a perfect season. And it's no you know, it's no wonder that there's only ever been two guys that have ever done it. So um I I, I can't see that happening. I can't see Dungey not getting some wins, quite honestly. I I can't see Stuart, you know, finding his mojo a little bit and maybe cracking a win or something, but um, you know, could it happen? I mean sure. But um I don't know. I just can't see him winning every race. But can I see him riding the way that he's riding and just Crushing it speed and everything else of course, because that's just how RV rides and he's a gnarly gnarly guy with you know serious fitness and um, Obviously his bike is working. Well obviously the Relationship with his team and trainers and uh, his inner circle is fantastic right now And you know, I I wouldn't see any uh, any other way that he'd be going into every single race the same way that he always does
2: All right, Jared
5: yeah. Hey, Joe, Jer- do you do you agree with that or what?
2: Um yeah, it's it, it, it he looks really good. He he like I've said before, he reminds me of Ricky Carmichael where the aggression is just there and even when he goes off the track, even when he uh makes a mistake, he just pins it, keeps it going. I it's been a long time since we saw that. We saw it with the number 4. Reminds me a lot it's of like that. It-
5: it's like his bike has another gear it's just like even though he's thin he can still make that thing go faster which is just incredible i just i i would just hate for when he has to do that for something to happen and then he's out for it because he is incredibly exciting to watch ride
2: yeah absolutely those guys can only ride one speed though guys like rv rc you know they're not going to back it down they are what they are the way they're riding so hey jared do you want to uh do you want to win a free neck brace from fly racing Heck yeah. All right. You win, bro. Good call. Uh, Valor, Neck Brace, sponsors of uh, Fly Racing, courtesy of Fly Racing. Um, They're they're one of the fastest-growing MX and off-road riding apparels and hard part brands. Uh, Stay on, uh, Fly Racing USA. Stay on hold. Jared, you win the Neck Brace. Thanks very much, man. All right. Thank you. Thanks to Fly Racing. Um, Button, you're probably not going to want to answer this, but Joe, uh, what's your question for Jimmy Button?
3: Hey Button, I just called to see if you had any uh, stories from your Lake Havasu days that you wanted to share.
2: <laughs> those are all. Those are permanently on lockdown. Probably everyone's <laughs> married. Everyone's got kids. <laughs> uh, well,
4: then, I, you know what? I do have a good one okay. actually. Okay. I do. I do actually. Have, it's a funny one. Okay. Um, it's a funny one. It's not. It's not one of the others that are that are deemed classified. Um. So, you know, this is probably, geez, let's go back to like 93 or 94 days. This is back before the big boats at Havasu. This is all when everyone had like little, you know, 18, 19 foot little, basically like, you know, little Lemonade boats or whatnot. And we were staying at, uh, we were actually staying at Havasu Palms, which if you know Havasu, just down the, you know, just kind of down the river a little bit. And we were going up to, uh, you know, London Bridge. For the evening to uh, indulge in some of the uh, after-hours spectacularness, right? And uh, I don't know. I guess we probably, you know, it was probably eight or nine o'clock or whatnot. We got, you know, to within half a mile or so, and uh, we ran out of gas. (laughs) (laughs) So you know, you can see like four or five guys in a boat with paddles. Yeah, you know, dressed up to uh, go out for the evening and hopefully meet some pretty girls, paddling all the way up to <laughs> London Bridge.
2: No one had enough classic. No one had enough money for gas. Everyone was pretty broke. Those no, days. we <laughs> had plenty of
4: money. <laughs> right, we were right. just too occupied with right. everything else to actually look at the gas gauge.
2: Yeah, that's funny. Oh man. So. All right. Yeah. Thanks.
4: But it uh, was a good time, and and you know the the one thing that was cool about when we were racing and and everything is that. You know, myself, Jeremy, Fro, uh, Rhino, you know, Factory Phil, Budman, a, a bunch of people. Uh, you know, we raced each other pretty hard on the weekends. But, you know, after the races were over, we, we were pretty much all friends. And, you know, um, even with kind of the, you know, the relationship that even Jeremy and Jeff had, you know, we all still would go to the river on, on some off weekends and have fun and, You know, go jet skiing and, you know, wakeboarding and everything else with each other and, you know, kind of enjoy each other's company. And then, you know, you go back to it, you train, and and then you go battle on the weekend. But, you know, we pretty much all of us got along. Um, It kind of sucks that that doesn't happen these days. Never happened now.
2: Hey, never happened now. No way. No, sir. Um, Yeah, you're right. That's a good time. Thanks, Joe. Yeah. Hey, I got a follow up
3: question, actually, too, if it's all right. Yep, quickly.
2: Hey, what if uh,
4: social media was prevalent back in those
3: days?
4: Oh, jeez. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, if social media was prevalent back like it is now, none of the stories that are these stories that people always talk about would have ever happened. <laughs>
2: exactly. we, couldn't
4: have, we couldn't have done what we did. Right. There's no way. Yeah. People
2: with camera phones, snap- hey, look at, look at MC and Button um, and their hijinks. Snap camera phone. Uh, right. No. Um. All right. Thanks, Joe. You're welcome. All right. Hey, what'd you make of Chad Reed and Racer X Instagram gate? Did you happen to notice that?
4: Yeah, I saw it. Um.
2: <laughs> I mean, it, honestly, it was it was not intended to be that way, but I do understand i I, I
4: i see both sides of it i totally yeah, yeah. see right. um from the rider's perspective how it was interpreted
0: Right.
4: and i can also see from the racer x side they my interpretation of it was that they were probably trying to like pump chat up but i can also see the way it came across as like hey buddy what yeah. the hell are you doing type of thing yeah so,
2: um all right. and,
4: and there, and there you go. Social media.
2: All right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Briggs wants to know real quickly why Baggett and Alden are not together anymore. You have a, it just that is
4: that is the question you can speak to Blake Baggett about.
2: All right. And uh, one last call for you, Evan. What's up? Last call for Jimmy Button. Hey, Steve. Thanks. What's going thanks on? Thanks for me call. Um, yeah, Jimmy. I like watching your ride back in the '90s.
3: I, I like guys that are tall and kind of tall, like you and DV and those guys. You know. I'm kind of a right, tall guy myself, but um, I, I remember Jimmy, I watched some Percy Supercross from the nineties online a little while back and the announcer was calling you a Snapper Button. I thought <laughs> that yeah. was a pretty good nickname. The, but
2: but but to be fair to Jimmy, he looked a lot better than D V did riding, <laughs> riding on a bike. They were both tall. Oh, yeah. But D V yeah. somehow did not you know I mean won a lot of races, went damn fast. But
3: Yeah, he had a unique
4: <laughs> style.
2: Jimmy Jimmy's style looked somewhat human.
4: Yeah. Oh well I appreciate that.
2: Yeah, no problems. <laughs> <laughs> All um, right, Evan, what's the question was, um were you in the agent uh working as an agent before the economy went downhill or yeah. after that that you started?
4: Yeah, um, so I I was uh I started my agency in two thousand one. okay.
3: All right. Yeah. Um how much of a hit did some of the I know there was a lot of guys that
2: that there there were no rides there for the ne- after you know the next year or so, after everything went downhill, but how much of a hit did like the top guys that were going to get a ride? You know, you know they're going to get a ride. It was just how much money they were going to get. How much Correct. of a hit did those some of those guys take from in those few few years?
4: Well, the, okay. So the interesting um, the interesting thing about that is that the very top top guys. I mean, the elite. We're talking so back then it would be uh, Chad. It um themes, I guess Chad kind of RV a little bit because he was like the top whites guy at the time um, Stewie um, maybe Kevin was in that kind of realm or whatever but the very very top guys didn't really get affected at all. I mean, okay, we're talking if they're making a few million, they maybe got dinged a hundred grand here, a hundred grand there, which, in the big scheme of things, is you know probably less than like a four percent ding, five percent ding of what they were making. Um, so not a big, not a big deal there. But the what it really hurt was the middle class guys. You know, we're talking about like we're talking about the guys that could let's call them they could win a white supercross race they could make some potentially make some podiums outdoors but they were kind of a a third to sixth place guy or third to seventh place guy generally most of the time which they would make you know they would make good money not great money but they would make pretty respectable money those are the guys that are really hurt
0: you Mm -hmm. know and
4: and those guys would go from you know let's say that they're Kind of all-in salary was somewhere in the maybe four to six hundred range. You know, went down to probably anywhere from like one hundred and fifty to three hundred. So those guys Huge took hit, yeah those guys took maybe a, a fifty or sixty percent um, cut in pay. And quite honestly, it hasn't come up much since then. Uh, okay. You know, I think a lot of I think a lot of the companies are you know. You know, in my opinion you're still playing the poor card even though the economy is better people are buying bikes people are buying gear etc um i think a lot of people are still hanging their hat on that um to my dismay of course but um you know but that's you know that's the game and you know it's it's going to take a long time to to get back up to those uh to those heydays that, um, you know, I don't think they're going to be here anytime soon, that's for sure. But um, and they've been creeping up a little bit, but it's still, you know, it's still not where it was, that's for sure.
2: All right. Thanks, Evan.
4: No problem. Thanks, guys.
2: Uh, Jimmy, thank you for coming on the show. Great answers. Yeah. Um, appreciate it.
4: Thanks for having me. I always get a little long-winded when it comes to these uh these um,
2: Yeah, right. you know what, you're long-winded sometimes, but then other times, like when it comes to what Blake's doing and what involved in training him, you're very short-winded. Very <laughs> That's okay though. Hey, whatever. We appreciate whatever you can give us um, no um, on any information. Thank you. Are you going this weekend?
4: Uh, I am not. I, okay. uh, I, I've, we're, we're pretty busy with some uh, with some stuff that just requires our attention uh, okay. directly. And what, you know, what national?
2: Uh, what national will we see at next? Do you, do you know yet? I don't. Know. Okay. I don't know, man.
4: I'm uh, I'm trying to figure out my schedule. I, yeah. I love the national, that's for sure, and you know, want to get to as many as I can. Last year I got to go to like three-quarters of them, which is awesome. But, um, yeah. you know, hopefully I'll get to go to Red Bud, which is one of my favorites. And uh, I really wanted to go this weekend just because I wanted to see the place. But, uh, yeah. you know, hopefully we'll be able to get there next year.
2: Right on. Thank you, Jimmy Button, for cool. coming on the uh, Fly Racing Moto 60 show. Appreciate it.
4: Take care. Glad to, uh, glad to be on and take care, everyone.
2: All right. See you. All right. See you. That's Jimmy Button, everybody. Um, tits not uh, not too optimistic on Baggett's wrist. Generally, agents usually people I, are in the rider's entourages are all, very all very optimistic. Very optimistic. Very, yeah, Everybody's yeah. happy. Everybody's excited. Um, I didn't get that from him. So maybe there's something going on a little more than what we know. Uh, Neil.
5: Hey, Mathis. My question was about. The experience for guys that are in life class, kind of like a Cole Seely staying down another year just to win a championship. He's won races, but in the long run, will that actually help him in the 450s? Because I can't think of really anybody, at least it comes to my mind, that it's actually helped when they stayed down a few extra years.
2: Well, if you win the title as a contract year, it always helps you. Always allows you to cash in.
5: I mean, aside from that, I mean, in 450s, turn out an actual 450 result
2: um yeah no no it doesn't 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 really indicate one way or another whether you're going to be a great 450 rider or not so
5: yeah because i feel like a lot of people use the excuse that it's an experience thing to state they would need more experience like in blake Baggett's case i completely understand because he's barely ridden any supercross in the last yeah. two years yeah baggage baggage uh, should
2: stay down I, I jimmy you know jimmy didn't to say much about it but i know he's talking i know suzuki's interested but there's no doubt he should stay down he, he... yeah that just seems crazy to me to go up right yeah. now. i agree all right man we got to run thanks neil all right, thanks. All right Bye. see ya. last phone call eric what's going on hey man
3: um well clearly gunji has been being outright by Villapoto. do you think that if you wanted to actually beat him straight up you'd have to show that Saltwick speed that he did two years ago when he started it. Yeah. Lap behind everybody. Right. That's actually win a championship was a straight up battle the whole year.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um he needs more speed. That's what he's missing. Absolutely. He's in shape. There's no now, doubt about and that, it. It's speed. Two years ago
3: that Saltwick, I think that might be the best I've ever seen him ride, the four fifty, the fastest he's been.
2: Yeah, yeah, I would think so. Um yeah, he needs more speed. He, like I said, he's in shape. He's just a t- he's tick off a of RV, and uh, that's what he needs, man. Thank you. All right, Eric. I would agree with that. This has been it, the Fly Racing Moto60 show. We appreciate you guys listening. God, Colt's good. Colt's underrated, tits. Underrated. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Sad that you don't like this stuff. No. Uh, hey, Paul fans! Fly Racing is all about sharing, sharing and caring with their fans, and as a result, they created the Flywall, a fun way for you to share your photos on the Fly Racing website. Simply head over to flyracing.com, look for the Flywall, post your photo, upload it in Fly Racing gear. You can in- put an Instagram-type filter on it. Choose a photo from a Facebook page. Once it's approved, it'll be on the Flywall. Um, it's as simple as that. Head on over to flyracing.com. Upload your photo for a chance to be featured on the Flywall, and while you're there, follow Fly Racing on Facebook, Fly Racing USA on Twitter and Instagram. See you at the track and on the Flywall, bro. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to this show. I appreciate it. I think if we learned anything, it's uh, it's the fact that you know we need to step up here on the uh, Fly Racing Moto 60 show, and we are stepping up, stepping up hard all the way. Uh, we're supposed to have Jason Thomas on, but we uh, we're running late on that. So JT, sorry you're out. We know this. We we know this about you, JT. You you don't know what Chad's doing. He's got to figure it out. You're not sure who's going to win. You're on the fence about the two fifties, and you don't know whether Blake Baggins should move up or not. We do know that. We know all of that. We can lock that in for your opinion. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. Thank you to Fly Racing. Fly Racing Moto sixty Show supported by Fly Racing. One of the, which is one of the fastest growing MX and off road riding apparel and hard part brands in the North American market distributed in 40 plus countries? Uh, tits, give me some predictions for Muddy Creek this weekend. It's going to rain yellow. Really? No. Oh, you had me excited. <laughs> he's ripped, though. Dude, he's, he's ripped. That's
1: undeniable. Right.
2: Okay. Yeah. He's ripped. Yeah. Um,
1: I don't know. I, I'm, I'm hoping for a dungeon win. I'd also like to see Zach Osborne take a win as well. And Wait, Kenny Roxon. I want all of them to win. I'd like to
2: see rainbows and puppies everywhere, yep. but what am I going to see? What are you going to see? What am I going to see?
1: I think you're going to see Zach Osmond is going to get a podium. Yep. Uh, I think uh, Roxon will also get a podium. Tomac, I think second moto might be rough on him. I'm gonna you think he of is
2: going to get affected by why it? Why
1: not? Okay. Why not? All right. RV, 1-1? One, uh, one? Probably. Yeah. 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 You it's got to end. end at some point in time, but who knows? Probably not this weekend.
2: Okay, how's this? I'm okay. going to put myself out there. RV goes 1-1. One, one. Mm-hmm. Dungy suffers a mechanical. Okay. I don't know what happens. Uh-huh. I don't know why. Right. I have no clue, but it's hot. Mm-hmm. It's humid, according to our caller earlier. Sure. He- Bikes are pushed to the limit. Mm-hmm. Lots of traction, which causes heat. Humidity in the air. Heat in the motor. I'm not wishing ill will on anybody. I'm just throwing that out there. You did say that KTM said that I last know, season they, they, they were very that's, close to That's, what I'm, that's okay. what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. I see your logic. I'm going to probably hear it from the KTM guys this weekend. I'm going to get it. But let's go with Dungey suffers a mechanical. Crash. Bike problem. Another rider hits him. Whatever. Something. Stewie gets second. Barsha gets third. 250s. Tomac. Osborne i go with uh Moose Can. Moose can. Yeah, Moose Can. Off cambers. Mm-hmm. It's ruddy. It's off cambery. Very technical track. That's where Moose Can shines. Those pictures that uh has been posting. That place looks amazing. It is good. All the grass oh, yeah. and Oh it's great. Great I, dirt. I, I can't wait to go there and see where the plaque is commemorating two thousand and one Kelly Smith, All Steve right. Mathis, East Coast four stroke national, one one victory. I can't wait for for that. It's it should be great. Um pumped on uh pumped on going there pumped on going to a new venue not pumped on my drive though three hours to the track but that's okay we will be all right thank you everybody for listening this is our third episode of the fly racing moto 60 show and i think it's going well thanks to jimmy button for coming on each and every week we're going to try to look forward to the nationals lucas oil pro motocross championships and i think we're doing that thanks for listening see you next thursday